And welcome to the Fallout Podcast, episode Lucky 13, with myself, the host, and Mr. Pip Beard, uh, Sage Temple with Much in His Cups, the Pemberton Walker, and Visible Stew, a guest. Good evening, chaps. What do you lot have to say for yourself? Uh, fuck all, apparently. <laughs> I, I can only apologise hey, again. Start, start with the apology. It's, it's yeah. my lovemaking to do that. <laughs> Very good start. Um, indeed. So, welcome to the Fallout Podcast, a.k.a. Can't say now these days. I said if. It's a fall bracket showdown face-off skirmish of all 500 songs-ish going head-to-head for an ultimate winner, dividing the four eras, 77 to 85, 86 to 93, 94 to 2001, and 2002 to 2017. So, Phil, here we go. Apparently, according to Steve Hanley's book, Mark Smith found a young girl crying in Salford because she had lost her teddy bear. And this one. for the next several years, he sent her a postcard from everywhere he went about from Mark Edward Burr postcard. True or false? <laughs> that sounds like something off that's life, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a good story. I can't believe it's true, though. Apocryphal. Do you think, Ezra, that Mark Smith is the kind of man that would do that? Well, uh, the internet told me it was true, and I'm sure he would. Alistair, what do you make of that story? Does that warm the cockles of your heart? I think it'd be uh, an ecumenical matter. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's not all, you know, nasty, is he, Smith? He's got a, a soft side to him, so it's not impossible that he could have done that. I do remember that interview you sent around the bunker where he was talking about <coughs> his nieces and nephews all screaming whenever he turned up for, like, birthdays with a card, Uncle Mark's here, ah! Right, so he <laughs> Like Hobgoblin turned up. It'd be a scary one, wouldn't he? I had a feast in some ways. I won't go into too many details. Reminded me of old Mark. And uh, let's say whenever we had a family gathering, it was highly interesting. And I can imagine Smith, the Smith's um, family Boxing Day visits being quite a roller coaster ride. Come on, give Uncle Mark a kiss. (laughs) I can imagine the rest of his family just being like him, but with like slightly different like hair and stuff. Just like the same. Even the kids have the same like haggard, like drawn in face. (laughs) That's a few armor of hell. Oh, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote the book. It was, it was like a Smith one. It was all like mank journalist. And he was interviewing Mark Smith's mum. That was quite funny. Uh, we've gone on to the top, topic of Robbie Williams. And I think it, she just said, oh, he's a pub singer, isn't he? <laughs> all the news that fit the print. So, Stu, over there. Yes. Hello. Thanks for coming along this evening. What's your story, fall and otherwise? My story fall and otherwise would be i've i've skirted the edges of the fall for a long time um without ever really feeling um like i had i don't know it's it's one of those where it's like i think it's very important that the fall exist 
Um, and I will wax lyrical to anyone that will listen about how important the fall are. Despite that, I'm not entirely sure how much I'm actually into their music. Do you know what I mean? It's like, all right, this is a comparison that's going to piss everyone off straight off the bat. Like, completely different fucking genre. I'm not saying the same level of art here. But Gigi Allen, like, I'm not really into what the fucking guy's putting out there, but I think it's incredibly important that someone benchmarked that and made that a thing, do you know what I mean? So I kind of feel the same about the fallout. I feel like they've got such an intimidating back catalogue as well, right, that when you... You weren't into them back in the day when you were young and you're sort of finding this later in life and there's so much fucking music out there that it's like getting into the fall just seems like such a loaded thing to take on. Do you know what I mean? Because there's just so fucking much to wade through. Um, but yeah, like I, I kind of feel like I only like maybe one in sort of 10 full tracks that I listen to, but that one in 10 that I like, I really fucking like. Right on. Well, uh, I was just going to say I was I was really impressed by the quality of the, the the tracks that we're listening to. Are they, how are these selected? Are these like curated from the better end of their catalog? That's or? an interesting question. Okay, there we go. It's, yeah. it's random. So I split it into four sections that kind of just looked at a quarter of the catalog, which more or less matched with some of the big eras and. Um, so, uh, and then just essentially purred them up randomly. Yeah. So these four yeah. are pretty indicative. And I was saying this has been a bit of a tough week for me because some of these songs are not my favourite. Some weeks I get four or five real bangers. This week we've got a bit... Uh, I was impressed by how much I was digging it. I, I, I was going into this expecting there'd be maybe one or two that I was interested in. I thought the whole fucking pack was pretty solid, actually. Nice. Good, good. Well, um, are you caught in, Stu? <laughs> Courting Ezra. <laughs> Shall we move on? So we get started. Um, <laughs> I feel a bit of tension in the room. So, Phil, can you get a joke? Just, could you do a bit of a monologue? Just pad it, pad it. I think we're going to be short this week. Can you pad it out for a minute or two? Just tell us, talk about the fall for a bit. So, coming up this week, we have... Uh, from era one, we got Flat of Angles off Dragonet 1980 up against Psycho Mafia. Psycho Mafia off Alive at the Witch Trials 1979. And then from era two, we have Zagreb, a, a majestical piece in three parts off the 1990 Dredger EP, B side. And then we got So Called Dangerous, which was a single off Code Selfish. Al's got, is that White Lightning? So the Dredger? Yeah, Dredger, yeah. Nice. Um, and then Era 3, Spine Track off Light User Syndrome, 1996. Levitate off the album Levitate from 1997. And finally, Towering off Imperial Wax, 2008. And Buddy, Buddy off YFOC, 2010. So, without further ado, Phil, can you cue up some flat of angles for us? I can, and uh, I was also going to say that uh, last week I was mostly singing Points of Finger America all, all bloody week, but this week I've mostly been going Wagner, so uh, there you go. So I could have filled it out. I'll just loop that for a minute or two.
Indeed, indeed. Every week, my head goes through a U-turn. For most of this week, I was like, oh, no, 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 not flat of angles. And then every week, this song comes on, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Phil, what do you make of flat of angles? I, I, I do like non, this. Non-Euclidean geometry. <laughs> you just, you, you beat me to the punch there, haven't you? Um, I, I really, really like this song, and I was a bit surprised that earlier on in the week when you kind of went in uh, all guns blazing on it, really, on the, uh, on the bunker chart, because of the slide guitar on it, of all things. But um, So you described it earlier on this week as having some kind of irritating two-note slide kind of uh, riff. So I spent a little bit of time last night with my slide working out how to play that riff. And it's actually much more of an arpeggiated chord, I think you'll find, that's uh, it's then slid down to a scratched uh, secondary chord. I really like the riff. I love the music on it. It's really bizarre. I'm sure Al's going to talk about the drums on it, but bloody hell, they're, they're all over the place, aren't they? It's, uh, it's, it's quite exciting. The non-Euclidean thing has been a standing joke all week around this track, but um, it's really only the chorus because the verse itself is is more like a crime watch, uh, don't have nightmares kind of story, isn't it? Um, more of a kind of uh, police drama kind of a thing on ITV that you would probably watch. Um, but I, for some reason, all the elements in it are, are a bit unusual, but I think it really works as a track, and I, I always look forward to listening to this when it comes on. And I've had that, that earworm all week of Dragnet over and over and over again. Um, yeah, the only other thing I was going to say about this is that uh, although there's no reference to it, or I've not seen any reference to it, it it's to my ear, it's the Bo Diddley riff again. I think it's another Bo Diddley kind of lift, this. Uh, just slow down a little bit and play it on slide, which you wouldn't normally um, hear. But um, yeah, thumbs up for me. I like it. Indeed. I'll hold my tongue and pass on first to Alistair to see what he has to say about them drums. They're very nice drums, but um, how many Trotskys does it take to change a light bulb? You can't change the light bulb, Al. You've got to smash the light bulb. I knew you'd know that one. <laughs> you know, after a gag. Um, yeah, really nice song. Considering it's the early stuff as well, it's not very punky. I mean, it sounds more like a sort of 60s pop tune. Um, you know, something like kind of a bit of B-fight and a bit of Seeds. Yeah, really tight rhythmic groove to it. Again, a bit of a, well, a, bit of a can or a Monday's feel to, to the, like, the lilt to it. Really nice, fast, tight fills. Nice open eye up stings. I think the guitar could be louder, uh, but again, that's just my preference for low guitars. Yeah, crouty sort of keys with a noise. And just a question for you all, is that racist? Should, should we be saying kraut rock? No comment. Ezra, what do, you, question? what do you think of this? Yeah, I think it's a fucking great tune. It's, you know, like uh, Dragnet is an album that's famous for its kind of shonky production, which usually works in its favor on most of the tracks. But I feel like this track has kind of the weediest production, which does the track a disservice in this case. But yeah, in terms of the music, it's got this great kind of like slinty, spidery kind of like riff 
and the kind of asthmatic melodica hits and the bass line, you know, it gives it a kind of dub flavor. Uh, and like, you know, like uh, Alice was saying about Lilt, I really, I really get that, you know, like uh, quite a few tracks from this period, probably onwards, they have this kind of like, you know, sometimes to me it sounds like uh, Olam, you know, uh, again, reggae or something like that. But uh, yeah, you know, the, the Lovecraftian stuff is more illusion than is what's actually in tune. Uh, as has been said, you know, the tune is like uh, this dude hiding out law. So yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah. That's the, the other thing is, I'm sure that he's saying platinum angles on some of his choruses. Yes. I'm totally convinced. And if he, if he were, as for what would that mean? Uh, I think it's an opportunity for a new kind of credit card. <laughs> <laughs> bling, bling. Stu, what do you make of this one? Is this one you knew already or? No, no, no. There's only there's only one track that I, I knew out of the whole pack. Um, I fucking love this. Um, I'm somewhat intimidated by seeing everybody looking at their pages of notes that they've got prepared because I'm completely winging this. But there we are. No, picking up on, on the lyrics, um, what really struck me was it's like who the fuck else writes lyrics like do you know what I mean like who who comes out with this stuff and I, I feel that in less capable hands or in someone that could, couldn't sell that kind of absurdity with the sincerity that Marky e. Smith does I, I feel like it could almost be sort of hokey and getting into sort of I don't know flippant like 60s psychedelia but um, Marky e. Smith just speaks like the most like abstract stuff but with this sort of real biting like punk conviction that lends it something. Um, in terms of the music, the production, I loved it. I, I love the unsyncopated way that it, it always reminds me of, um, I don't know if you guys know Burial, the kind of ambi, the guy who oh, takes yeah, garage yeah. music and makes it a bit yeah, ambient. Yeah, yeah. The way that it's it has an elasticity to it, where it's kind of snapping, almost like snapping out of the groove and then kind of wobbling back into it. Um, I thought it was tight. I, lo I love the way it opens on this sort of janky, jangly, but then like melodic vibe. But when you get into the, um, I guess the main hook, the angles part, like it, it's got this sort of nastiness this sort of distance to it yeah it's possibly the strongest one it's, it's up there I, I thought it was wicked yeah it is interesting for somebody who maybe isn't as used to Smith's lyrics to, to, to get that that take because for me some of these do kind of touch the flat of angles is is maybe getting a little bit it's not I don't really like it maybe it's a little bit um, too on the nose but then yeah in the hands of anyone else this would be horrific but the fact that um, that Smith manages to take what is essentially a, a pretty straight ahead film noir kind of like or cop drama and, and I'm a bit torn I don't know whether he's given me not quite enough to go on or whether I just have to do a bit more work and dig into this that's where the, the flat of angles comes in and like you know so he's killed his wife her veins are full of evil serum but what's done is done and he's hiding in his flat while the Cooper man comes round and he's typing his story to protest his innocence or just to tell his story and then eventually he goes outside where the mercenary eyes are all peering at him so you know maybe it's me that just hasn't worked hard enough to, to, to like the song but as Phil said a few days ago to me I, I just don't like music so obviously that, uh, <laughs> that that other stuff that goes on that's not Smith is somewhat irrelevant but um, it's good to know that, that, that you know how to play that uh, song now Phil with your arpeggiation and um, but yeah I did say it reminded me of uh, Walk on the Wild Side or the um, the Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth which uh, on a good day I love and on a bad day I hate so maybe this is the same bag but um, it's cool unfortunately now when you type in flat of angles into the googles you get a story <laughs> read by benedict cumberbatch 
<laughs> which I listened to about two minutes of it. Thought, that'd be how good would it be if this is just Benedict Cumberbatch reading the lyrics to Flat of Angles? But sadly, it's not to be. Um, shall we move on to uh, Psycho Mafia? You weren't the only one disappointed with that, Brendan. Oh, we all felt Phil. Yeah. What does uh, Peel think? Has he, has he uh, got an opinion on this track? I'm sure he does. Let me check the uh, ectoplasma sketch. Uh, quite chatty last night. Yes. Okay. Flat of Angles may be my favourite from Dragnet. The shabby story of a murder in a paranoid retreat to an urban hall, borrowing liberally from Mezzi's horror fiction diet. Wow, camera. He's got away with words, hasn't he, Jonathan? Yeah. Let's listen to the next in, uh, song. Come uh, on. just remind me actually in the old uh, misheard lyrics thing I, I remember the first time I listened to this I thought you said Map of Angles which then featured in one of my co- comics no it's, it? it's got a Mor- Grant Morrison feel in the right hands with the many angled ones but uh, didn't go in that direction I thought so don't you it's, uh, it's lifting it right Indeed, Alistair. What what do you yeah. want to say about this piece of pop punk majesty? It's bloody brilliant. That's what I want to say. <clears throat> um, great groover, really old school sort of fall kind of groove to it. The, the, well, yeah, like the kind of electric circus early, early saying to it. It's kind of like naive in some ways, but it's just dead direct, uh, dancey, punky, groovy, simples. Nice, Ezra. Yeah, this is such a great fucking surge of totally fucking amphetaminized wrangling. It's great. It's fantastic. And, you know, I've been wondering what it's about as well for a while. Like, uh, there's the line, no soul in the disco, no rock in the clubs won't let us in the pubs and the city joys. So it's about being excluded. And then you read that uh, at a certain point in his life, him and I think his, I think girlfriend were kind of involved with this thing called like the mental patients union or something like that. And there's apparently some connection with this song. And that's so interesting. It's like, wow, so, you know, back in the day and maybe yeah. still now, who knows? That's true. I think they used to, uh, it was like the asylum in Presswich. Uh, and it was right, a big yeah. place for people with uh, learning disabilities and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, it was only used to watch him, uh, you know, like from where he lived. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, anyways, yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking tops. Yeah. Uh, Stu, what did you make of this one? First thing that struck me as soon as I put it on is someone who produces electronic music. I'm nicking that fucking drum intro and I'm sampling that and using it. The way that those drums are really modulated and have that kind of blown out sound on them would be fucking... So, yeah, cheers for the heads up on that one. I'll be lifting that. In terms of the track itself, like, it's snarly. It's, it's everything I like about punk. Like, it, it's snarly, it's brooding. Like, it's it's not the most sophisticated track. I think it kind of shows that 
beyond all the fucking weird and wonderful places that Marky Smith took the full kind of at the heart, or at least at the origin, is a really solid fucking punk band. And he makes a really solid punk front man with that kind of biting fucking sarcasm in his voice. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing revolutionary, but um, it, it's, it's doing what it does well. Um, it, it almost reminds me of kind of the American proto-punk stuff a little bit like i i get a touch of the fucking stooges in that i get a touch of the ramones in it um yeah it's tinny it's nasty man i dig it yeah i, I get yeah, more the proto-punk than the punk so if you're looking at rocket from the tombs i think ezra talked about a few weeks back and stuff like that and that stooges mc5 kind of stuff and it's just a great punk pop tune i really love this, this is one of my favorite fall songs but this is the first time i've kind of dug into the lyrics this one felt very much grant morrison-esque this is this this for me or my interpretation of this song could be straight out of the invisibles or something like this it's like you know digging into the annotated fall and once again big kudos and love to those people who have spent years and stuff digging into this but um so Smith apparently had a gang, whether or not it was real or imagined, called the Psycho Mafia or the Barry Boys. And we'd fight other gangs, he says. It was quite interesting. There used to be Irish gangs and Orthodox Jewish gangs, but the Psycho Mafia was a real melting pot and I was the vice president. That does not sound real. <laughs> that does not sound... That sounds completely made up. But if you think of it, perspective of this gang of the Psycho Mafia, especially if it's made up of the psychiatric patients who can't go in the pubs and they're out of mind on these psychiatric drugs and their eyes are bright red. And it's like this story of this this kind of like group of psychiatric uh, patients who've, who've got out and they're roaming the streets of press, which is... Uh, is a story I'd like to read more of. It's made this song even better, and I already thought it was one of the greatest songs of all time. So um, I don't think we need to bother taking a vote, lads. Let's just let's just. Hey, Brendan, Brendan, if, if you want to see what it was like in the dozing patient units, that kind of thing at the time, there's yeah. a documentary from like 1979, 1980. You can get a new tube called Silent Minority. Uh, it's a TBI <laughs> documentary, uh, but tragic. Yeah. Mm. What does Peel think of this song? No, 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 well, no, I think first. Have I not asked you, Phil? You're my favourite, Phil. I don't know why I forget about you sometimes. <laughs> it's, the, it's the hypocrisy that's the worst thing. Eddie, <laughs> um, <clears throat> if The Fall were a, a, a Saturday morning kids show, this, this would be the theme tune for it. I can just imagine them all jumping into the fall wagon with, like, you know, maybe, maybe uh, bricks steering whilst... Mark's got his head out the window and the rest of the gang are kind of poking out the windows at the back. And uh, lots of green screen whilst they do the car chases and stuff like that. I, um, I think I came to realise after listening to this tune, I'm not a massive fan of the punk stuff <laughs> that Paul put out. This, it doesn't do it for me at all. I remember hearing it the first couple of times. I got a, There's a really, really good three CD collection called Psychic Dance Hall or something like that. And it's like all the best of the early stuff. It's a, it's a really, really good, greatest thing to like those eras. But um, it's just not for me, this tune, at all. It's it's very jolly and jumpy and punky and all that kind of stuff. But it's just it just doesn't work for me. And I'm not quite sure I can I can take it seriously, really. But it's uh, I think it's an aesthetic thing. But it's uh, yeah, not not my boy. Yeah, I knew there was a reason why I didn't want your opinion on this song. <laughs> what does uh, what does Pale think? 
He says, I think this is the closest to Yob Punk the fall ever got. And it's all right and really drives forward. But for me, it's nowhere near the paranoid splendor of the angles. Oh, dear. It's not looking good, is it? Let's take a vote. So, uh, Ezra, which one are you going for? I'm going for the platinum angles. Phil? Ragnar. Yeah, platinum angles. Stu? I hate to turn against the host in this mutiny, but um, angles for me all the way, man. Sad times. Sad times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about doing this show on my own at one point. <laughs> Al? Oh, just to piss on your bonfire further, I'm going for angles. All right. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bit more to it. <laughs> and uh, Peel made his, uh, made his point clear. So, so um, Psycho Mafia it is going through. So uh, moving on. <laughs> and you play as a little bit of a Zagreb. And then it goes quiet again, doesn't it? Yes. Behind the counter, crouched a blue figure. It sang this song. That was our grab. And um, Ezra, what do you think about this song? Well, it's really interesting because, you know, there's the whole kind of precog thing that they were touring in Croatia and Mark got the vibe of um, imminent civil war. Maybe many of the other members also got that vibe going from what they report or what he reports in interviews. And so that's super interesting and and the lyrics as well like you know there's this extremely sinister uh one here open plan graves blown over trees muted mystics impasse glittering beach you know so you know if you if you just read the lyrics and read the backstory and went into this track you'd be expecting something pretty damn special and you'd be a bit disappointed because what you get is like this kind of like you know phil collins drum sound with this kind of it sounds like it wants to be motoric in you know like in the sense of noise or something but it just lacks all combustion and uh marky smith's vocals as well are just completely somnambulant so yeah it's it's not a favorite noted duly noted ezra thank you Stu. what about you um so as often happens with me and ezra with music i'm gonna kind of completely disagree here i think I think it's interesting actually how the fall often get flagged as a kind of anti-band. Like you, you, see, you hear this term passed around about the fall, right? That they're a kind of anti-band. Um, I feel kind of with a lot of the stuff that you listen to, Ezra, with this more esoteric stuff, it's almost like like you're a big fan of composed like sonic stuff, but you go way more out there than me. I'm, I'm a lot more sort of I'm more down with the formulaic stuff. Like I feel that the the reasons that this fall track kind of offend Ezra's sensibilities they're things like it, it's 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 probably as close as I've ever heard them sound to fucking stadium it's like 
it's got this big production vibe. Like, um, for me... Now, to be fair, Stuart, they do stadium rock on Australians in Europe, and that's one of my favourite full songs. So, you know, just just, just for the record there. All right, I've I've, I've slandered you. I've slandered you. But no, um, I mean, you mentioned... Can we just just note that down, that Ezra is a big fan of stadium rock. (laughs) All right. He will hear not a, not a word against it, even. No, I mean, you were talking about, like, the, the Phil Collinsiness of the drums. Like, I can go in for this stuff, man. And f- for me, it's like, there's a lot of shit out there in that genre. But again, when it's done by the fall, it's a cut above. I kind of, I, I went in for this one, man. Maybe it's because I'm a sucker for the synths, being someone into electronic stuff as well. But I, I, I was digging it, man. It was uh, it was interesting to hear them sound big rather than the, like, claustrophobic sound that was sort of um, encapsulated in certainly the last couple the tracks we played I, I thought it was cool nice 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 um phil what do you reckon i feel like we're going to agree with both ezra and stuart <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of a worse insult to any piece of music to describe its drums as sounding like comments i mean that's you know you, you you're coming out with your claws out when you say things like that <laughs> i um the first this was a new track to me as well i'd not heard this before and i do think the movement thing as was referenced earlier the week the chat is a bit of a laugh really they give the fact that the first movement is just so it's actually like a production area where they've just faded it out by accident. Um, but the, when when the, the the second movement, the song proper gets going, I I really liked it. First couple of times I listened through to it, thinking, "Oh yeah, no, I, I think I'm I'm going to dig this tune. It's great." And especially the uh, it really reminded me of Stevie Wonder, the keyboards. And it's like a superstition or something kicking in. And, um, it's higher ground. It's it's actually just like Bremen Act. Apparently, both of these Bremen Act and this are based on them jamming around higher ground. Higher ground, right? Although you hey. know, that's, I, I, I had a Stevie. Doesn't sound like he, neither of those songs said anything <laughs> like higher ground. But yeah, mostly just picking up on the the psychic residue of that. Um, but the more that I listened to it, the more I found it frustrating as a tune. And I think you, I think you've nailed it in terms of the production. Really, the the vocals are a bit anemic on it. And here, not quite as, as bold a mix as they need to be. Can I just jump in on that, on, on the vocals? Because one thing I forgot to say um, was I actually loved how understated um, his delivery was there because I'm so used to him just snarling his way through a track. I, I thought it was kind of nice to hear him like reel it in a little bit there, but but that's just me. It's a, it sounds hungover mix. It sounds <laughs> like, it's, it's not that it doesn't fit the the tone of the lyrics, which I really like. I, I, I like the lyrics tune, and it's got very atmospheric. It's very European. It's it, it feels much more around kind of um, brushstroke kind of painting rather than bold sort of images lines. So I, I I like it, but it's I found it more frustrating in the more that I listened to. I, f- I found that I thought it was a little bit underdeveloped in that sense that the lyrics the theme it, there's a dubby bit for like three seconds like and it was like it's almost as if they tried a bunch of stuff and didn't really go with any of it I got the drums as more uh, glam rock the rock and roll your glitter your glitter stomp coming back in one more time yeah I got the same lyric that Ezra wrote down I thought it was fantastic the open plan graves like but again an undeveloped theme it didn't really uh it didn't really go anywhere and then it, it almost a switch like a little blue person behind a counter is this going off into some and and then i said this to you the day phil the line five minutes with you and then you're off around the world he just got married 
to his second wife, Saffron, who wasn't in the band, unlike his other two wives. And it sounds like something the missus has said. You've just come back, just been to Croatia and the Lebanon and uh, two weeks in New Zealand. And what, you're off again in five minutes? It's like, it's just because that, that makes sense when you've got my neophyte, my sweetheart, my leechin, my lover, my friend, that second half. That makes sense in that. But yes, fortunately for me, um, missed opportunity for something big. And yeah, I do think the three-part thing is just a piss take based on um, a, a mistake where they faded out. The fault spread at the beginning. It's quite a unique take, right? I do like the, the, the where he plucks them kind of mundane lyrics though and, re, and reframes them in, into something sort of either weird or grander or whatever. It was like the one last week, wasn't it, where it's that, that <laughs> it's there, the one on the right. I'm looking at it right now. It's like those, those kind of lines that he manages to reframe into these more majestic kind of lyrical lines. Right. It almost makes it work. And like uh, I think Stu was saying earlier, it's like we don't really know what he's saying, but it's delivered with such with such a plum that it's like, oh, I'm in, <laughs> whatever, whatever you mean, I'm there. Uh, Al, what did you think of this one? Uh, well, I've been aware of it for a while. Well, it's uh, some uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, treasure. That's the one. Um, yeah, I, I, it's on the peaks. One that I never really pay much attention to because uh, white lightning, <laughs> nice little bob, uh, big bopper tune. Yeah, uh, really metronomic drums. If I was playing it, I'd be very bored. You got the, the bendy string guitar thing going on, you know, through the uh, the verses. Uh, the synth reminded me a bit of something like Donna Summer or Blondie to a certain extent. I know what you mean about the fade in, fade out thing. That just sounds a little bit ham-fisted and unnecessary. But yeah, the guitar, uh, like the bendy string thing, it did remind me quite a bit of uh, likes of you know Suicide, a little bit of Spaceman 3, with a, just the a sort of repetitious minimalistic kind of take to it and unfortunately at times it, it very very rarely in the it reminded me of you two so we're going back to the stadium rock um yeah, i describe it as functional not inspirational it totally reminds me a bit of the some of the later stuff that they did the, the more boring stuff oh, the, yeah the vocals i think i don't mind the vocals at all on it um it's more like a spoken word kind of thing it's just another part of smith's repertoire and you know he doesn't use that too often that's probably why people kind of think Ooh, it's, it's not what I'm expecting, but it's it's just another side of Smith. Yeah, so so both uh, Phil Collins and you two thrown at this song. So, um, but they, they well, did support you two, though, didn't they? <laughs> they did in Leeds. Uh, I wonder what that how that went down. What does what does John Peel think of this? Late. What does the dead Radio One DJ John Peel think of this? The He's real one, not a character. The real John Peel. The real, the actual, real, actual dead John Peel from Beyond the Grave. He says, Zagreb, it's a bit like Chiselers, but six years earlier and without the energy. I think there's a really good song in here somewhere, and it sounds like they can't be asked to find it. Mark sounds like he's reading a shopping list or football scores, or at least something he's never seen before. The music is a bit bland. All in all, so-called dangerous doesn't have much to do here, but but is it going to do it? Come on, let's hear that next tune.
all the cops. Oh, you're twisting me melon, man. Stu, you're up first if you can handle it. All right. Well, you hit the nail on the head right there, right? Fool does Mondays. What 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 can you say? We're a Manchester band. This whole Manchester thing's kicking off. Um, guess we'd better try a hand on it. It's 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 very competently performed. It's a decent fucking baggy tune. Um, I dig it. I I like that sound generally. Uh, when, when does this date to relative to the whole Mondays thing? I presume I presume this was somewhat in their wake, right? I mean, they 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 didn't fucking um, jump the Mondays on this sound, right? No, that would have been good if this came out two years before. I might have been a little right. more kind on it, but no, this was two years after Step On has uh, yeah. has done. Yeah. And and the thing you probably haven't come across is that apparently Smith moved to Edinburgh when all that stuff went down because he hated <laughs> all the baggy Manchester stuff so much he literally left the country. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like such a Marky Smith thing to do and then to put out a tune that's baggy as fuck as well. Yeah, I, I dig it. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I haven't listened in depth enough to look at what he's doing with the vocals here to see if he's doing something that's really kind of that adding value in that regard, just kind of, taking it on the surface i mean generally as a fan of like largely kind of techno stuff these days and i, I sort of taking these tracks on like the aesthetic value rather than jumping into kind of themes and this it's competent but it's 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 not really furrowing any new ground for me i guess is is it in a nutshell fair enough fair enough phil what do you make of this it's yeah it's, it's very much a happy monday's tune isn't it and um it's weird because i think this is the exact tune that the chapman has uh, has lifted his vocal style from from uh, lcd the sound system and um, it just sounds exactly like him it's uh i think this is why he lost his edge this tune it's um, james murphy they show their bollocks when they eat there you go um i uh it took me a while to get into this. It took me a while to get into this song. I thought it was a bit dull to start off with. And obviously, that Monday's thing, you just kind of write it off in the first 30 seconds of hearing it. But it does get more and more interesting as it goes on. There is some there is some interesting production as it as it as it cracks on. Like Stuart was saying, it's all pretty competent, but not especially interesting. It's alright. It's it's an alright song off an alright album. Al. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, all the stuff about the Mondays, it, it completely reminded me of the new fads, new fast automatic daffodils, especially with the rhythm guitar, fast stuff. I, I always thought they were quite heavily influenced by the fall anywhere. You know, it's kind of funky. The bass and drums work okay, but for me, it gets dead boring. Again, it's just the same thing over and over again. There is scope there for um, you know, writing in little bits that make it more interesting. And the synths as well, they remind me a bit, it was go back to New Order for some reason there, but I think they, they do, you know, they're trying to carry that sort of like uh, commercial sound that was precious on them at the time to sort of like do that kind of thing. Uh, tax bills rolling in this, that and the other. But it, it, it's weird because I, I kind of like wrote down, oh, it reminded me of Low Life and then it's like the beginning of it, listen to it again and it really reminded me of uh, Fine Time, which I think is off the Technique LP from about 1989. But yeah, the, the so-called dangerous thing, it, what are the lyrics about? It's hard to say, I'll, very hard to say. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you sort of like make out that it was sort of in with gangsters and, and things like that, which I, I wondered whether that was the theme for the week, going on to Psycho Mafia and, uh, you know, some of it's like the paranoia and the, the, the spreading, spreading shit and, yeah, I'm, I'm well-connected, mate, you don't want fucking piss 
make the offer. <laughs> sadly, um, sadly, no. The theme for this week is disappointment. Ah, right. Yeah. But it is the, it is actually the sound of disappointment. This one for me. So it doesn't look like I like that he mentions much about that in the lyrics. His lyrics are, I think, that the, the quote at the beginning the, the selfish, smiling fool and the sullen, frowning fool shall both be thought wise, which is very Blake esque. And you know, if you keep your eyes shut, people might not realise. But um, not you, not you, Al. Oh, good Lord. Oh, oh. If, if, <laughs> if one keeps one's mouth shut, one might uh, be seen as a wise man. And I think I'm going to go off for the deep end here with some theories. So there's a point at about two minutes in that has the break from Blue Monday with the riff from Step On almost on top of each other. And um, I think what Smith's doing here is he's saying, listen, lads, you think you're dangerous and edgy and the new thing, but this is what you really sound like. And just just to, just to make it clear, he throws in some bat bat bars from Pavement's um, debris slide, which had come out a few years earlier. So basically what he's doing is looking around and he's saying, hi, lads, listen, this is what you all sound like. It's shit. So you should all give up and let me carry on with what I'm doing. And uh, then he goes to Edinburgh and sings Edinburgh Man, which is a great tune. So, um, and the meek shall inherit the mirth. There is, where is this for a lyric then? There is bad and there is sad. There is bad and sad. Dangerous. This is what Smith, de- this is what Smith decided was going to be the single off his top 20 LP. Um, what does uh, Ezra think of this? Ezra, Ezra thinks it's, it, it kind of reminded Ezra at first of a flaccid telephone thing. It sounds so similar to telephone thing that I was wondering if uh, Coldcut had their hands in the production. Okay. I, couldn't, I was far too lazy to bother the finding out, though. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's all right. Like, I like the lyrics a lot. Like, I really like the opening lyric, which made me laugh a great deal. Think like mountain climbing or skiing in the Alps. Think of it. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're winning me right to this one now. And, you know, and yeah, I I completely agree with you, Brendan. Like, um, the thing with the, like, the Happy Mondays is is that, like, and, you know, I I don't think Sean Ryder, well, I think it may be plausible that Sean Ryder never listened to the fall before he did his thing. Uh, Maybe it's just, uh, you know, it's it's a Manchester state of mind or something but you know <laughs> i like the happy mondays but marky e. smith was always sean Ryder plus legions of other theoretically arguably greater things um and so yeah why why shouldn't he fucking rip off the happy mondays if he feels like it <laughs> Do what he bloody wants, can't he? What I think is that... I'm with you. So Ryder and and Smith both had that nonsense thing and that brilliant kind of delivery, but Smith was very literary with it as well, which I think just added that whole whole other dimension that... uh, I always thought the Monday sounded like can, but I think that's come from disco and funk rather than from kraut rock. I don't know. What uh, What does JP think? I think he's uh, he's he's been having a laugh with this one, Brendan, because he's referred to it as so-called danger mouse. Um, I like this Pretty one. Hard. I forgot that it existed until this week. It opens like a lost liquid liquid song with that bass line and skanky guitar. I like the way it keeps building and changing slightly as it goes along with the sort of countryish guitar interjections. Mark does the chicka chicka thing that makes me wet. 
could be way better with a bit more life and the breakdown in the middle is cheap breakdown in the middle is cheesy as fuck but i dig it yeah i think it's hard to come back if you start with thinking a step on but if you came from a different angle it might uh, have some charm but still i'm voting for it <laughs> so that's me and peel going for that's me and peel going for so-called dangerous from the code selfish lp how about you ezra and Stu over there uh, yeah, for me, it's got to be, yeah, the so-called dangerous. Good, good. Stu? Um, uh, I'm going Zagreb, man. I mean, I'd, yeah, I mean, it would it would still work for me if it didn't have movement one. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm, I'd be missing a lot there. I, I absolutely agree with what you guys said about um, so-called dangerous. Um, might be derivative of the Mondays. I, I feel like Marky Smith has fucking carte blanche to do what the fuck he wants in that regard with his position within the music scene up there. Um, yeah, for me, techno fan, the slow building fucking motoring thing that Zagreb had, that, that, that's the jam for me out of these two. It's nice. Phil? Yeah, a bit torn on this, really. Um, I think I'm going to go for so-called Danger Mouse. I think that's... Uh, that's I'm going to have to yeah. go on that one. Go another stab at that. Alistair? Again, it's, it's, it's a very difficult one because they're both equally as poor, in my opinion. Um, but I'll go with Zagreb because I know it a bit better. Okie dokie. Well, better the devil you know, isn't it? But it's going out anyway. So that puts uh, so-called dangerous through. Splendid. Let's move on to Spine Track versus Levitate. But first, Spine Track, your best app for spinal surgery. Love the fact that Smith just carries on singing the verse when this proper like big chorus comes in. He's just, that's, that's the trademark there, isn't it? It's like, yeah, well, I've still got two lines left. Let's <laughs> just keep going. Um, so around this time, I read Brix's autobiography, and around this time, apparently, she she quit the band um, and then gone back to LA, and Courtney Love had courted her, and she was living with Courtney Love in the house where KC had done himself in. And was invited to join Hall when she was considering it. And instead, she came back and rejoined the Hall for light user syndrome. But And this song very much reminds me of a grungy, Hall-esque kind of tune, which I did, which would normally put me off. But actually, I really liked it. It's a really bouncy 90s kind of indie rock riff. Uh, great backing vocals. And... Um, Smith sounded at first like he was phoning it in, but when I listened more and more, I got into what he was saying and, and into the lyrics. And um, I do like the word schizophrene, which is um, hard to say what he's actually gone on about, other than he seems to be talking about 
some kind of commercials off the telly. And um, he managed to get Chip in there as well, which is one of his uh, abusive terms that he likes to throw around now and again. So a big win for me. And I, I'm starting to really like this album, like User Syndrome, which, as I've said, that is not one I've known that much before. What does JP think about this one? So he comes back with a classic from a largely classic album. It sounds like Mez has had a smack up the ass and is actually giving it some vocally. The brief return of Bricks is more than welcome to my ears. Bubblegum surf and bludgeoning alternately. And I love the slight return of the melodic little riffs during the chorus and the wah-wah vocals. And Bricks is weird panting too. I know it was apparently a really shit time to be in the band, but I wish they'd managed to keep up this sound and energy for a bit longer. I think this is filling them, yeah. That done properly, done well. Controversial, as always. Oh, good Lord. Phil, what do you think about this? More provocative, the brand. Oh, good Lord. That's <clears throat> it um, these days. So the last track finishes with a siren, and then we've we've come in with another siren on this track, which thought's quite synchronous. I and the siren totally makes this, and it's it's the little touches I think that that kind of make this such a great rock and roll record. It's nobody, no other band can strum an open guitar and make it sound quite as amazing and majestic as the fall do. And the, the, it's one of the main hooks in this tune. The panting thing really reminded me of John Lennon on uh, A Day in the Life, that kind of panting back and forth. I can't think of many other artists that have used that really, to, to certainly to such good effect. But um, I really love the production on it. I think the song's great. I think Bricks is giving it 110% all the way through, as she always does. It's, it is a really, really good album, this. This is one of the albums that's kind of been brought to life through this process for me, and I've, I've really enjoyed listening to it a few times. Um, so, yeah, double thumbs up for me. I think it's, 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 a, it's a boss tune. Sweet. Al? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, they seem like they've uh, stepped up a gear, uh, attention to detail uh, with, you know, just like the little bits that, as I've said earlier, you know, just little bits that make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the chicken scratchy kind of guitar at the beginning of Quiet Lights, it did remind me, obviously the whole thing's been mentioned, but I thought Babs in Thailand, just to be, you know, bloody contrary again. Um, but yeah, the, I, is there something about well I thought that like the theme for uh, this week was all about sort of um, you know the, the gangsters and being a bit paranoid and yeah. stuff like that is there a thing about paranoia in this song he seems to talk about some fella off the television who gets done in but uh, it's not clear but I'll give you it might be in there might be a bit yeah. of menace could be might not be uh, but it's, it's a proper decent bricks tune in it yeah it's bricks mm. all over in it it's what she brings she stamps a, a size sevens over it quite well. Nice. Ezra, what, uh, did this tickle any of your bones? Oh, yeah, absolutely it did. I mean, I've actually been a fan of the Light User Syndrome album for a while now. You know, I, I think the first step is admitting that. <laughs> exactly. 11 uh, more to go. And, and this, alongside, you know, Succession Man and He Pep and The Chiselers, you know, and F Holding Money as well, maybe. I'm pretty sure there are some of the fucking cracking tracks on that album. I haven't listened to it recently. And it's fantastically gnomic, even by his standards. It's just like, what the fucking hell is he talking about? But I love the way he goes, on news programs. And then he's like, 
spine track and application pages for women's jobs, whose other side too looked rather big. Sideshow begin. And then earlier on, there's this fucking unbeatable line, spine clicked and came out of its box. And are you, yeah, as has been said, Bricks is fucking completely killing it on here. It's, it's a beautiful song. It's really so great. Yes, yes. Stu, what do you make of this? Is this the first time you've heard this one? Yep, yep. Production-wise, um, lyric-wise, in just about every way, an absolute fucking hot mess, like a complete mess. But it's a mess that I like. You know what I mean? And it, 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 I, for me, it brings in this one of the kind of tangents of why I'm a little bit reticent about the fall is the whole savant thing. I'm like, to what extent has this been carefully fucking crafted to be this messy ass track that just works? Or to what extent do they just put out so much fucking stuff that now and then you're bound to fucking strike gold, right? For me, it sounds like um, in the late 90s, being playing in the fucking garage with my mates and putting on these gigs with other bands in the fucking garage when the parents are out. And we've got no fucking musicality, but we've got all of the fucking enthusiasm and a few good references. And it's it's, it's just got this raw realness. You know, I, I love, you talked about the grunge thing. I get like, I get shades of Ruka Salt and this shit going on in it. Um, it almost sounds like you're listening to two fucking tracks playing at the same time with the way that Smith just fucking talks over the cheek. You said their name's Bricks, right? I'm sorry, I've, yeah, yeah, I've done yeah. no fucking homework for this. Um, yeah, beautiful mess. There's my summary. Beautiful mess. Dig it. Yeah. There's a, there was a, a reviewer at one point who said that they could take absolute stone cold classics and turn them into demos. Some the, the magic they had was something like this. Uh, just, and Smith did have, he had this habit, I don't know if you've ever seen him on stage, he has the habit of walking around turning people's amps on and off and moving all the dials around and stuff. So he had a... Apparently, he liked first takes as well. So basically, one of the things he would do now, I don't know how much yeah, it worked in the studio, but so a lot of the times it might have been the first time they played it through as the band fully. Um, so there's that kind of that edge, which uh, for better or worse. I, I, feel, I feel if that edge wasn't there, it would be less of a track somehow as well. Um, yeah. I like that about it. I feel that's that's the main draw for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, there's references though. The Veruca Salt thing, I love Veruca Salt, are amazing. And uh, I think it's a, it's a good touchstone for this. And I, I didn't know the thing about Courtney Love uh, and Bricks around this track, but I know you've pointed it out, I can't hear it. But it was the it was the Pixies and Kim Deal kind of dynamic that that I hear as it, as it was going through, and it's like it's like a killer Pixies track as well. It's not it's not like one of the phoned in ones. It's it's really really top quality. I think that again is what separates the fall. They brought someone in who could do that, but still managed to retain their own identity in it at the same time. And this was Briggs' second time round, so she's coming back in with her agenda pretty set. Right, she knew what she wanted and. Um, it's a, it's a stomper. Um, I think it, it was mentioned before about the, uh, you know, just going in the studio in one take, that kind of thing. That's probably, that had been very useful for them for doing God knows how many peel sessions because uh, you do, you've got limited time, got to get in there, you've got to nail it, get the recording done in the first part and then get the mixing done second half of the day. Yeah. You've got to be back on, so yeah. For sure. And then, and they were a tight live band as well, so who knows how many times they've been played out and about. All right, let's listen to what it's up against, which is Levitate off the uh, sometimes maligned 1997 LP, but one of my favourites. 
I was just thinking we used to save time in the recording studio by not practicing. Oh. Not having any songs. Not that yeah. works as well. Phil, you're up. Levitate. Is there, <laughs> I said this to you earlier in the week. I can't shake off the first thing that I thought when I heard this track, which is that thing that the goons used to do with Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan when they used to do that octaves. And that riff just starts off like that. And it's it's bizarre because when the first couple of times I was listening to it, I thought the lyrics just sound like he's reading from like an estate agent sheet or something, don't they? It's all about the, the house and the granite bedrock and all this kind of thing. But as I, as I was listening to it, then I was thinking, it's actually very similar to that Alan Rob Greer style. You know, that Roman Nouvel 60s thing from French literature where they just, there's no interiority, there's no psychology of the characters. It's just describing who they are and what they do. And it, 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 I think the lyrics kind of come across like that. But the, um, the music I found a bit flat, to be honest with you. The drums reminded me of Supersonic from Oasis, it's, and it sounds like they've literally just sampled Supersonic by Oasis and, and sung over the top of it. Um, and the, the, the simple guitaring thing really reminded me of the country teasers. They, they, they do that single note kind of riffing quite a lot, don't they? That's, that's something that they've lifted off this style of, um, of fall track. But then the chorus itself really reminded me of, I know I, I always bring about Serge Gainsbourg, but that sort of 60s poppy type stuff where they just kind of pick a pick a word and turn a song out of it. But it's, I, I mean, it was okay. I, I, I listened to it the prerequisite amount of times, but it, it didn't kind of, it didn't do anything else than, than those kind of initial thoughts, really. I have done my duty. What more can you ask of me? Oh, you only get my name and number. There is no outside text, you pretentious bastard. <laughs> Alistair. Yeah. Um, drums. I, I didn't get the, the, the Oasis thing. What I got was... Uh, Basically, when I'm trying to record stuff, I'm too busy, far too busy. I'm all over the bloody shop. If I try to do something with a bit of space in it, I play with one hand. And it reminded me of one-handed playing. You know, it's a nice stripped-down minimalist kind of thing. You can definitely see the, the, the teasers type stuff. <laughs> and I like the bad earth at the end. That was a nice touch. But it, it didn't really stand out as, as a classic fall tune for me. Fair enough. Ezra? Yeah, uh, Levitate, like, like User Syndrome, is another very, very underrated fall album, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, this one isn't really one of the better tracks on the album, uh, but it's still good. You know, it's still good. Uh, I love the opening lyric in conservatory. I looked at him. He was adjacent to me. I thought about my debts. He was talking about his house in the Lake District. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not too far from the Lake District in my, uh, my family home. And yeah, you know, like... I just thought it was so nice that like a person looking at you could make you think about your debts and the way that he 
you know, the way that he put that over. So, yeah, it's uh, not a bad track. I think I don't think you can separate Smith from what's going on around him, and I think this was the time has <laughs> a lot of debt. So he's like, "I'll pull out at the beginning, then everyone will know what I'm talking about, and then mask it with the absolute madness, the snazzy japes of Basingstoke shot, Basing in stocks under the green frock below the granite complex, and needed true grit to levitate." That's <laughs> that's magical, Stu. What did you make of this? Um, yeah, um, like again, as we was delving into the lyrics, I didn't really jump in there. I'm not, I'm not going to kind of um, go against what he's saying there. Um, I've got to agree with my fellow bearded, bollockly challenged, bespeckled man over there, Phil. Um, I feel there is. We talked about the Phil Collins drums being the worst fucking damnation you can drop an attack. I feel like saying it sounds like sampled Oasis drums. Like there is nothing you can say harsher than that. Um, not feeling this. When Ezra talked about this and I, everything that does make me reticent about the fall, I think is uh, is shown here. When I talked about the last track being like, you know, they come out with this genius, but I feel they, they have a lot of filler to hit those great tracks. This would be one I'd define as that kind of just un- indescript, forgettable kind of falliness. I mean, I'm coming down fucking harsh on this one, I guess, but um, I feel it's... This is what people who aren't that into music hear when they hear music. You know what I mean? It's like being in that person's head and hearing the tune. It was fine. Like, there's nothing that fucking offended me. But yeah, it did not get the post going for me at all, this one. Fair enough. Speak your truth, brother. Don't hold back. <laughs> so I was listening to the, that. this lad is the website called The Fall in Fives. And he's going to come on in a few weeks. And he's got a radio show where he plays Fall and Fall-esque music fall adjacent music and um, he got this fellow who contributes a lot to the annotated fall you'll see his name on there and he chose this as his favorite fall song ever now i know fall fans are contrary that's right but i was go- i listened to that like two weeks ago before i re- knew that this song was coming up and so i i approached this now like this is this massive lifelong fall fans favorite fall song i don't remember ever hearing it before it's impossible to shake that and I kept thinking every time, there's got to be something here. I've got to be missing something. <laughs> About 20 times and I'm like, yeah, I've got it now. I've got it now. It's it's built up this massive story about how this uh, the chap he meets in the bar is trying to get him to come to his meditation center in the uh, Lake District to levitate and do some um, transcendental meditation and uh, and levitate together. And I can imagine Smith like joining the cult and like him levitating in the, in the Lake District with George Harrison. And I was like, yeah, I get it now. And then that snazzy yapes of Basingstoke, that run of like five nonsensical lyrics that's beautiful. It's got a charm to it. It's a very low key. You've got to listen to it about 40 or 50 times, trust me, and then you'll get it. Has <laughs> Paley contributed on this yet? What does he think? <laughs> I had to levitate from the grey of my pate. Out-of-body experience, I answer. <laughs> on my 45th listen. <laughs> what does Peel think? Hang on, I'm going to try an experiment first before we do that. You ready? Um, you got him on there. Listen to that. I had to oh, levitate. It's the same fucking drum. Stop. Stop. Right, Peely. Yeah, he was well, he was short to the point, really. God, this is boring. He doesn't get it. Don't get it, does he? Thank you a lot. He ain't listening to that 40 times, mate. 
Daggers out of my heart and my back <laughs> once again. All right, let's take a vote. I am going for a spine track. <laughs> Al, which what do you uh, spiny uh, spiny Bill? <laughs> Controversial vote. Spine track. Ezra. Yeah, obviously spine track. Stu. To be honest, I would rather spine shank than that last one. It's definitely spine track. Good lord. And uh, peel also. So it is a route, unfortunately. But uh, don't worry, I'll bring it back uh, later. So we're going into the last two, the showdown. Tower League for Imperial Wax 2008. Up against Buddy. Buddy. From your future, our plotter. Let's have a, a bit of Tower League. <laughs> Side of my face is smiling. Ezra, did this um, take you to the bank? Oh, it's a very nice. It, it, it's kind of um, like, uh, it reminded me to a certain extent. Uh, what was his name? Was it Raymond Raymond Williams, the uh, the electronic guy who did soothing sounds for baby? It's almost got that oh, Scott. Yeah. 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 It. You know, like it. It. It's almost got that kind of simplicity to it. And it's got seriously bizarre lyrics, which sound nothing at all like, at least to my ears, nothing at all like Marky Smith is saying them. And also online, um, I think on the, again, the Annotated 4 website, there's uh, some conversation about maybe it's the dude from Mouse on Mars. And, you know, in the chat, we've been talking about this track and its similarities to the Mouse on Mars type stuff. But yeah, you know, like, I think this could and should be adapted into a sci-fi horror short. It's got viral watches and faces capable of twisting sleep and words. Like uh, the, <laughs> the lyrics that I really like, because uh, I'm out on the outside of time, they are all asleep. It's nighttime, it's my time, my baby's working fine. Signed photos, blind faces, try to affect me on the sidecar. My faces try to affect your sleep, your words. This fucking, yeah, it's it's quite grand, you know? Sweet, sweet. Stray, what did you make of this? Uh, I think we make a nice pair because he talks about the lyrics and I only talk about the fucking aesthetic of the sound here. Um, coming at it from that angle, fucking loved it. Um... Puts me in mind of like Kitsune Records, that French label about 10, 12 years ago that was really hot. The, the stuff where no one really knew where guitar music would go anymore. And then suddenly they rediscovered synths in that era and we're doing a lot of interesting things with it. Um, that I, I hate the term, but that sort of electropunk vibe that it's got going on. It, it's brash, but it's brash with synthesizers in the way that a guitar might be used. Um, this is maybe a tangent we're not going to go down in any particular detail here. But again, for me, as someone who's somewhat on the periphery of the fall, what this what this brings up for me is 
a lot of what I love about this is in that musicality. Now, to what extent can that really be credited to Marquis Smith as a pretty much self-professed non-musician? It's like, I know he gives, like, I watched this thing where he was doing something, I think, with the Wild Hearts, bizarrely. I, I was on some YouTube hole a while ago about the Fallen stuff. Um, and, like, he's in the production studio and he's, he's screaming at the fucking guy in the booth saying, it sounds like fucking Smurf Town, like, make it less Smurf Town. That's quite the, clip, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the, these guys just had to fucking interpret this, like, Mr. Burns complaining about, like, miss, the guy having, like, sideburns too long. And they're like, what do you think sideburns are? Um, yeah, I don't know what, to what extent is the fool just this constantly fucking reincarnated thing of other musicians with great ideas? To what extent it's credited to Marky Smith, I don't know. But I fucking love what is going on here musically. Yeah, this is quite, it's something we've talked about a bit here about Smith as band leader and his influence and his decisions. And um, yeah, I think the conclusion we've more or less come to is that there's, this, there's a phrase by John Peel who's quoted as uh, the, the fall are always different and always the same. And there's something that Smith does that makes that happen. And when he's with uh, awesome musicians, as in this track, uh, it really works. And then and most of the time he is with really, really good musicians. And um, uh, there's there's a lot in there. Um, and we'll get into it a lot more for sure. But uh, yeah, great. What does Phil think about this one? Uh, it's a great tune. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, incessant accordion through a distortion pedal groove they uh, they get going with it and the, it's the, the 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 very simple kind of um cha um cha drums all the way through and the kind of mumbled <laughs> mysterious lyrics uh, going off the album version rather than the other version that you were that you whizzed around as well um yeah what's not to like it's it's really good it is really good yes Al what do you think utter dog shit. <laughs> On the joke, and it's great, isn't it? Um, yeah, you got that like kind of like brutalist sort of minimal dance beat to it. I think it's got a kind of German feel to it for some reason. You know, if you're taking it out on a tangent, uh, X Mal Deutschland, Dickabus Succubus, it's that kind of like horrible groove. But the other German stuff, it reminded me of quite a bit. It's stuff on shit catapult records, um, stuff like T Remschmere. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's not the Dorse people, less is it? It's not the Pete Waterman. No, no, it's it's oh. the Mouse on Mars that Andy Tomer who produced this. So he and this is this is after they'd done the von Sudenfeld stuff, I think. So he'd already done the whole album, and then Tomer came in on a couple of tracks. And it's interesting to say German because he's German, right? And then Eleni, who composed or played most of it, she's German heritage partly as well. So there's definitely some German influence in there. Uh, it's a stonker though, isn't it? And it just. I have fucking great sense, but the version, so Grant Showbiz was on the, the Hanley's podcast a while ago talking about how he'd done a better mix of this album, Imperial Wax Solving, but they've now been released. And if you listen to the version, it has lyrics on. And it's, it's actually a decent song where Eleni and Mark are singing, but, the, but it's much tamer on Grant Showbiz's version. So the production on this is raw, pretty raw. And I wish they'd got those lyrics on that. Uh, but for some reason, Smith stripped the lyrics off or whatever and uh, decided to keep his instrumental. But it is great. Is it a fall track? Same thing that we ask. Is it a fall track? Uh, but um, it's, it is really good. And I wish there was more of this on the album because the rest of the album 
while it's good, is much more meat and potatoes rock. The latchkey kid and wolf kid Ultman and stuff that we haven't liked quite as much and said it was a bit tame. Yeah, what does Paley think? Paley says, fucking love this one from the best side of vinyls since side two of real new four LP. And not better since then. I could listen to multiple LPs based around this sort of bleepy synth tronico with whispered mysteries. Can I have some more, please, sir? You'll have to go uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll have to go listen to some von Sudenfeld if you want more of this, unfortunately, but uh, would have been would have been great. Alrighty, let's move on to the last track this evening. We're going a bit long. It's buddy, 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 a buddy, buddy, a fluted instrument. Buddy, 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 your mind are you or are you not from buddy Marie. alistair what do you make of this yeah it's a glam rock stump isn't it um i quite like the uh, the stylophone sound keys on it that's a uh, nice rolf harris uh tip. you know they've gone for the gary glitter beats or you go for the the, the rolf harris keyboards um you could always get a uh, jonathan king doing some vocals on the back you know um, another week, yeah. another, another week, another U tree jab. <laughs> Let it go, Alistair. <laughs> um, but yeah, it reminded me of stuff like uh, Von Bondi's Gary Glitter. It, it also, like, it's a bit like Big New Prince, it's that kind of stomp in it. Um, uh, there's some funny bits where Smithy seems to get excited with the vocals, some good backing vocals. There's a mention of Red Squirrels, which reminded me of that Shellac song where he's going on about squirrels. But, um, you know, there's some nice sort of spacious bits in there where it's like gives, you know, the instrument's just like a guitar little lick there and, you know, bring the stylophone back in. And, um, yeah, it was, it's a good tune. It's, it's a bit of a difficult choice, this one between uh, mm. songs. Indeed. Ezra? Yeah, I fucking love this track. I, I feel like one important thing to point out is that the version that was on the uh, playlist, which we've all been listening to, is different from the album version, which goes through like maybe one or two or one and a half kind of verses of like this kind of like foggy, staticky, like compressed to fuck sound, and then suddenly bursts into clarity. And it, it, it's one of my favorite fall tracks. It's great, you know, I mean, he says, stop messing around, clown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm imagining Marky Smith as a fucking strict school teacher suddenly when you say that. The, the the vocal performance, the lyrical performance, but first the sound of the voice, you know, it sounds like a fucking sack of cats drowning in a tar pit. It, it's just like fucking incredible. And anybody who's going to like, you know, say, oh, well, you know, at, at the end it was just fucking Mark drunk off his ass with 
a really solid backing band. You know, here are some lyrics to show that that was absolutely not the case at all. Like, um, and yeah, he's apparently talking about the fact that he doesn't really know where he lives. And I really empathize with that because I live in Yorkshire geographically, but my address is Lancashire. Um, and, you know, I, I think this happens a lot in the UK, but it's such a fantastic track. Anyways. Uh, well, we went from, Wigan went from being in Lancashire into Greater Manchester when we were growing up and it was a big, it was a big deal. It's a lot of fuss. Yeah, I still don't know what's great about Manchester, but there you go. Nothing great is the, is the, oh, nothing great. <laughs> so much to answer for. Stu, what do you, uh, what do you think of this one? This is the one you knew then? Yeah, um, I, I think that as me and Ezra get more mashed up, our uh, our reviews are getting more and more fucking <laughs> descriptive as well. I, I, I might be pretty out there with this one. Yeah, th- this is one, this is the jump, this is the era of the fall. I know the early stuff reasonably well, and I know this later stuff because hands up here you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna fucking risk my dj cred and say that this was the era when i first fucking touched the fall this was real time when i learned about the fall was when this shit was happening man um and i, I feel that you, you get the same thing with um with scott walker you get these these musicians that never courted the mainstream um so they they never had the typical success pyramid because they were genuinely kind of um they, they they weren't going for that they legit a lot of bands say they weren't going for the fame and the fortune and the big hit album um but I, I feel like those guys it's like you look at bands that got up there and then they they peaked and they they just put out shit after that like how few musicians are still putting out stuff this fucking relevant and this vibrant um, at, the, at that age, at the age that Marky Smith was when he was putting out stuff like this, like uh, it's called Reformation, that track, uh, Blindness, like the, um, yeah, what can you say, man? It's it's a fucking banger. If I've if I've got any knock against it, um, again, it would be that it it's it's a fucking banger. But to what extent do you call it a full track, and do you connect it with? everything that came before they're, they're just so disparate in the sound they got you know what i mean sometimes i i lose that common thread other than mark kind of reeling around the place shouting but um it, it, it's a banger for sure it's a good track yeah. nice nice yeah what does uh what does philip think of this so uh, ezra made reference to um the, the the album version of this which i've been listening to during the week and the the perverted sense of contrarianism of the, the first minute and 40 seconds I timed it as, is playing it through a, a bucket of water. Um, and it the first couple of times I listened to it, it was like, this really reminds me of something. What does it remind me of? And it was the fucking Fratelli's, that stupid fucking Fratelli's song. Yeah, uh, your, your, your dad's new favourite song. <laughs> Do you know this one? <laughs> and then it kind of sounds like it's going to go into a stereophonic song, which was like, I had my head in my hands at that point. And then it breaks where the, the production filter goes off it. And it's it's a stomper. It's a proper good tune. It's 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 really it's really great. It's kind of kicking your face and sort of uh, you know, really, really top form Smithy singing on it. I think the keyboards totally make it. I think that it's back to something that you hear on the very first album, isn't it? Where the keyboard is is a bit rinky-dink, but actually kind of leads the way in terms of where the song's going. And the 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 lineup, I think it's this is the tightest the fall had been since probably Scanlon and and that had been the kind of powerhouse. So I, I, 
I think in terms of, uh, oh yeah, it, it also reminds me of Queens of the Stone Age a bit though, because of that, it's almost like, it's almost suffers because it's a bit too session musician, a bit too tight sometimes. Um, but the, I tell you what, the last, we started off about talking about angles and this kind of music is, uh, is like, is, is generally referred to as angular. You, you always hear that word when they're describing the false guitar sort of sound. And uh, the last 60 seconds of this tune are an absolute masterclass in how to do that kind of music. I think the angularity of the guitars is absolutely perfect. They don't put a step wrong at all. But the but for me, the the start of the song is I, I, I get it and I get the kind of politics around what Smithy's trying to get at and the label deal that they had and all that kind of thing. But it just pissed me off. I'm not that big a fall fan <laughs> that I want to sit through a minute and 40 seconds of fucking Fratellis at the start of uh, every time I want to listen to the song. Yeah, it's, um, it's a stamper. This is probably their biggest hitter in that time because it was on, it was their first single and it was on that when they signed to Domino. So it was a big deal because they had the Arctic Monkeys and all those people and uh, this was the this was the fall's big thing. And he, he the lyric, a new way of recording a chain around the neck. Is uh, is apparently a dig at them trying to get their hands on the uh, on on in the studio. I love that frog synth that's going on that's hidden in the mix. That's like well, along with the plinky plunk keyboard. There's this kind of like growling, grumbling kind of like frog synth. Really good, really good. And the fact that he paints a mythical history of Buddy, which most of it doesn't seem to be true. <laughs> the stuff about Spanish princes and stuff. It's like. Can I, can I jump up. in for one second on that, Brendan? Yeah. Sorry, I, something I completely forgot to say was um, this tune is to some degree overshadowed by the fact that I jumped down a YouTube comment kind of thing. There's a guy in the comments going off that he swears to God he had a drunken conversation in a smoking room in a pub with Marky e. Smith and he was telling him I'm from Bury um, over and over again, smashed up his suit. He swears to God that he's the inspiration for the track. Yeah, I digress. So apparently Leonard Nimoy wrote a book called I Am Not Spock, and then he wrote another one called I Am Spock. At some point you have to accept that you are actually from Bury, even if you grew up when Presswich was part of uh, Lancashire. It then became part of Bury and part of Greater Manchester. Um, it is uh, beautiful. Apparently this song when he talks about Red Squirrels, got him inspected by the RSPCA because he did an interview around the same time that said, squirrels mean nothing to me. I killed a couple last weekend. They were eating my garden fence. Um, serves them right. And the RSPCA suspected he was referring to the endangered red squirrels and duly launched a probe. Um, let's take a vote. What does Peely think first? <laughs> This is pretty good. I'm fun. I'm really tidy and clean like the album it's from. Domino clearly knew what they wanted and I don't blame that for ditching them. It's as close to a good pop song as they got in the last years. And in an alternative world, I can see it being a hit. Good stuff, but it doesn't make my blood pump like old Torig. Yeah, well, let's take a vote. If I was going, if, if Torig had, um, it's apparently as an anagram of guitar and not Traurig, which means sad in German, um, if, uh, if it had those lyrics on and had that bite, it might have been closer, but i got to go for Barry. I think there's a lot more to be said about that song. Al, what do you think? Uh, I'll go for Tuareg, which I thought was a corruption of Tuareg, uh, as in the uh, oh, yeah. nice. people. Sure. Phil, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for Tuareg as well, but I, I thought it was pronounced Tuareg. I thought it was French directive. Yeah, very good, yeah. Ezra? Bethel Tomato, what's Colly Open Go? Fucking nuts, it's obviously Barry. <sighs> And Stu? 
I don't like the way these tunes are grouped today, man, because there's some great tunes that are getting lost that would have won paired against something else. I mean, what are we, are we purely, what's the end game here? Because my choice is based on, is, is this purely the one that I like more? Or is this stream. one that I would put up as being the uh, better contract to public? You thought trying to piss other people off as much as you can do. That's <laughs> See what I want <laughs> to go through and vote the opposite. If, if I'm going purely on the one that I would like more and I'd be more likely to bump on my headphones, it's got to be Torig. There you go. Ooh, la, la. And so Torig goes through and so too. Dry those tears, Ezra. We'll, we'll get Barry back in. Don't worry. We'll get it back in. We really hope so. That is, means that Flat of Angles, So-Called Dangerous, Spine Track and Towerig go through into the next round. We have gone long there, chaps. I appreciate uh, you being around and enjoyed the time. And Stu, thanks very much for uh, having a listen and giving your opinions. Absolute pleasure. Um, apologies for waffling so much you went way over time. But, uh, oh, no, this no. was fun, man. This was fun. I guess this is going to be going a while. How long is it going to take to complete this? It'll be a while. Yeah. <laughs> you can come back. I'll be back maybe. next year. Year or two. We'll see you again. All That's right. Good. Thanks all. Have a good one. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye.